What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Season 1 Salt, the podcast. My name is Dominique Bomonte, and I am your host. And this is the second installment of Ask Damo. I first want to thank you all for sharing these great questions and want to encourage you to keep them coming. If you would like to have one of your questions answered, you can hit me up on social media at SWS the podcast, or you can email me at SWS the podcast at Gmail. All right. So we got a couple of really, really good questions that I want to take the time to answer. And the first question is, I don't like going places unless I am explicitly invited by the host of the event because I've had bad experiences. My friends are upset with me because I refuse to tag along. How do I explain to them why I am not just going to show up to things. First of all, let me affirm that this is a reality, and I also identify with this. And so the advice that I'm going to give you is not necessarily advice that I have fully embraced myself, um, but I'm working on it, right? Um, I think the key thing, uh, especially with friends, is to not wait until you get the invitation to share that you have these expectations around expectation around invitations. And so I think it's important to be proactive. So before the event comes, I think it's good to just say, hey, y'all, like, I really want to go to these events, which I know I'm funny style. Like, I need to know that I am invited to this. And a part of it is, and maybe you have a really good example that they can resonate with, or maybe they remember something that they went to and you didn't feel comfortable. I think ultimately it's no fun to have uh, events or to go to do events in groups or even just two people when the person that you're invited can't have fun for whatever reason. Maybe they don't feel comfortable and what have you. And so I think it's important to say, hey, you know, I really want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be a burden once we get there. And I'm really uncomfortable when I go to events and I don't feel invited. So, you know, get me, you know, sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, well, sometimes it can be weird because I've had friends say, oh, yeah, John said that you could come. I asked him specifically. And so then it kind of feels like, you know, that conversation that you're when you're the host and like a friend of a friend asks if somebody else can come and you're like, mm, like a vibe is a vibe. And, um, yeah, I got a, I have an example because I, um, I recently, um, went to an event and I'm not really a social, like crew type person. Um, but I recently had invited somebody else to join a group and there was somebody in the group that was like, no, I'm not coming. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) why? Um, The person did end up coming, but it was different because they didn't feel comfortable with the new person like tagging along. So I know for a fact that it can be really uncomfortable uh, to be like a tag along, especially if like it's married couples and there's a single person or like people know each other indirectly from something from the past or something you have to be careful with that. I also think that... um, 
people like myself and the person who submitted this question, like sometimes we miss really important things because we can't do things spontaneously. Um, and I guess we have to challenge ourselves, like what kind of fun would I miss? Like how, how often can I just let my guard down and just be like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll just leave early. Sometimes it's just as simple as driving your own car um, just so that you feel more comfortable, so that you feel like you're not getting stuck somewhere. Um, also, I know a lot of my friends know that if I go somewhere and I might feel uncomfortable, I'm definitely going to just leave, right? And I might not say bye, right? And I might, like, leave and then get in my car um, and then text and say, hey, y'all, I left I wasn't having a good time, but if there's somewhere else that y'all are going afterwards, let me know. Or, you know, if you don't want it to, the mood to be weird, because sometimes that can be really weird for people, especially like extroverts who are like, why would you leave? That's dumb. Um, you can just say, you know what? I realized I forgot something or I, I needed to run to the store, you know, to get something, you know, like, and I might come back. I don't know. Like, it just depends. So I think that, and then I think the other, other piece is like, tapping into like do I have a discomfort with showing up to things like that I feel uninvited to because I'm struggling with rejection or I'm an introvert or you know and I think we have to ask ourselves are there opportunities to challenge ourselves as we grow and develop but also I think it's good for our friends and the people around us and our family members and our favorite cousins or whomever to really um, realize that not everybody else, not everybody has the same experience when they go to events. And, you know, if I already know that you feel uncomfortable and I've invited you to an event that you weren't directly invited to, it really is my job to like make sure that you're having a good time, make sure that you meet people and that you're introduced. And some people are really lousy at that. So I already didn't want to come. I already was not invited directly. And now that I'm here, I have to fend for myself. Well, depending on what mood I'm in, that might not go over too well. <laughs> so I might just be creeping to the corner and just people watching and then sometimes that comes off as like oh like your little friend that you invited is arrogant or not you know engaged or not present because so i think that um we just really have to share our expectations with our friends and say you know help me to be present and i need this um and it would be really nice even if you're if you're invited and you're allowed to have a plus one like also it is really awkward when I'm already uncomfortable going to an event and then you play it down. Like, oh, you, you needed somebody to go with. And so you've asked 16 people and I'm literally the 17th person that you asked, like really not going to go. Like, so I think it's, it behooves the inviter to like make sure that they use language that doesn't contribute to, I'm going to expose you to something that makes you really uncomfortable and I'm going to leave you high and dry so on and so forth. So hopefully that helps. Um, it helps me. Um, I'm just, I think about things that I have gone to in the recent and how uncomfortable I felt. And every time I do it, I'm like, I'm not, I'm never going to any, I'm never, I'm never doing this again. I, I had a recent experience where I went to church, um, because I wanted to, um, support, something that was happening. And I just felt really awkward because I knew 
of some of the people there, but I just, I didn't, I just felt weird, right? Um, I think sometimes for people like me, it's good to go with somebody, um, you know, just to say, hey, I'm going to run down here. Would you like to come with me? Because then I feel more comfortable, like, so I'm not by myself. But anyway, listen, I can give you a whole gamut of tricks and and experiences related to being an introvert in public events and spaces. It's not always that fun, but sometimes it is. Okay, here's our second question. Here's our second question. The guy I'm dating is very bad at texting back. He's great in person, but when we aren't together, he responds with emojis in one or two words. How can I tell him to stop? Um, first off, we can't control people. And I think that sometimes if you, if somebody is in their thirties or forties and they don't communicate well via text, I'm not saying that people don't change or that they don't make accommodations for love and so on and so forth, but it might be hard to change people's way of communication or their prefer. Like I really don't like talking on the phone. And so unless you have a specific topic, like, please don't just call me for, unless it's, unless I like, I like, 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 if we're, if we're just friends, like, I need, don't just call with nothing to talk about. So I think that everybody has like really unique and specific preferences when it comes to communication. And I think it's important not to try to change people because we want them to be doing something in line with the way that we prefer um to be communicative but i think it's also important to ask ourselves is it necessary how we want somebody to communicate so if when we're together it is good and i really enjoy or we enjoy each other's company then text messaging is sort of a byproduct like maybe it is what you are saying in the text message that is not doesn't elicit a, a, a really firm response from somebody, right? Like maybe you're not being direct or clear. Maybe you are like throwing out innuendos. Maybe you expect a text message every time that you send something and it's not reciprocated because that person doesn't know that that's your expectation. Maybe they have a career or a job or a family system that doesn't allow for them to be really present with text messages throughout the day. I know for me, I am very bad at responding to text messages. I end up responding to them maybe two or three days later, but I can get in the mood, even with talking on the phone, I might be in the mood to talk on the phone and you don't need a topic. I just going to cold call you and talk about whatever I feel like talking to you about. Um, sometimes I'll send like 20 text messages at one time because I'm in the mood to text and then like I'll forget and not be able to follow up with all of them and, and just, you know, so I think it's just really important to know people's rhythms and to get to know them and to know what elicits people's response. Um, and then, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's asking, a, asking a direct question. I think maybe you might have to say to this person, like, you really value this way of communication. Like, hey, I really like affirming text messages. I like receiving um, a affirmation back um, once I have asked or said something. What can I do better to get that from you? And the person might say, you know what? I'm really bad at text messages, but I will promise that at the end of the day, if we haven't seen each other, that I will make the commitment to uh, respond to whatever text message in the best way that I can. 
But if somebody's love language doesn't center around like the whole back and forth that sometimes we need, then I think that um, uh, we need to, you know, be cognizant of that. I was thinking about um, uh, a, a friend uh, or a possible friend, I think we're friends, um, that, I, that I met recently. And um, really cool conversation. Um, the, the, the value and emphasis on like communication and text messaging are a little bit different. And so I, in my, in my person was like, oh, I won't be texting because I'm the, the energy is not being reciprocated, you know, in the, in the friendship. But then I was thinking to myself after talking to that person and faintly mentioning that, I found it to be a little bit problematic that they didn't respond specifically to things that I was asking. Like, then I started thinking like, eh, well, maybe, maybe I'm the problem and maybe people just don't know how to initiate or follow through, or maybe they think that they have done something that your expectations are so high that they haven't really met them, but they've tried. And so I think it's a really important, and then this is just in friendships. In relationships, I think it's a whole different ball game. Like, the, the the communication has to be optimal in a relationship. For friendships, it's like, you know, call I'll call you or you'll call me and we'll get in touch with each other some kind of way. Maybe we'll, maybe today's a heavy texting day. Maybe we might be going back and forth on the phone call. But I'm also that kind of friend that we just might not hear from each other for a few days. And I think that that's okay. It doesn't mean that as long as when we reunite, we're good, like, that's what matters to me. Like, I don't need the everyday kind of thing because it just depends. Like, today I might just be really church-focused and really not have time for Alpha, right? And Or there might be days when I'm really, like, deeply engulfed in Alpha stuff and I don't have time to um, really entertain things that are unrelated. So I think it's important to know people at the end of the day, and I think it's important to be able to clearly articulate like what your needs and expectations are with regard to how you uh, communicate with people. Um, I think there are some people that I can think of that I would like to communicate with more. Um, and I think that sometimes or, or differently, if you will. Um, but I also feel like, you know, you have to be in tune with energy as well. Um, and a, a somebody who wants to talk to you, um, will make the effort, uh, even if it means them um, taking a look at their own style of communication in order to accommodate yours. Um, but also, there is the potential that people don't know how. And so that's why communication is key. Hopefully that's helpful. I don't know, but you asked me. That's what I say. Okay, final question. I'm dating a minister. We have so much fun when we are together. The problem is he refuses to take photos, post them, or even invite me to his church. It's beginning to get annoying. Should I continue dating him? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so this is one that I didn't really take a lot of notes on because I was like, I can really freestyle about this for about 30 minutes. I think that, well, first of all, as a preacher as a person that is influential in Christian spaces, I want to ask why sometimes people treat like that 
differently from like, you know, if you're dating a lawyer, you're not going to the, you know, bar mixer. Like you're not going to everything as soon as you start dating somebody. Like they have to feel comfortable because it means something to you know, tag along to events early on in a relationship as, as it's developing. Um, I think that in church in particular, as a man, um, and I, I, I think men have to be careful, especially those who are ministers, have to be careful about how often, especially if we're actively dating, how often we expose um, people that we are dating to congregation because it can look really trampy if you don't if, if you know what I mean like if I'm dating you know multiple girls and they all have to come to church like then it's gonna look like okay I personally have had a few situations where um, I, I well, I, I can think of one um, instance where I was really interested in a young lady, and she came um, to hear me preach somewhere. And I thought, like, to me, that's really important, depending on what stage we are in our relationship. Uh, this particular time, I was preaching at another church, and some other friends came along, um, and then we went out to eat afterwards. There is a lot of community and a lot of vulnerability associated with a man or a woman who, when they get done preaching, and um, it's a really sensitive thing. And also, like, you, especially for, because people kind of have this thing around, like, ownership of the preacher. Like, that's my preacher. Or that's my pastor. Or that's, you know, and so they're very, um, I've had people tell me directly, if you're going to get married or whoever you're dating, I need to approve them or I need to talk to them. And this will be, like, regular parishioners, like, uh, 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 I don't know why, but I think a lot of times like people do take ownership. And so sometimes the lack of exposure um, for you um, to um, his church may be an effort to protect you, right? Um, and if that is not happening, rather than looking at it as a potential like end-all, be-all, I think you could also look at it as a measuring stick um, with regard to how far along your relationship is coming. So when you get to that point where he's willing to invite you, that can mean that the relationship is growing. You can have a conversation with him about that. Um, I really don't want to be a secret, you know, and at what point um, will our relationship be more visible? Now, I think you have to be careful with this. I think you really have to be careful with this. Um, don't be uh, having this conversation after one or two or three dates, right? Like, just, you know, pace yourself on the exposure that you want to have in somebody's life. And then don't have a different expectation for the preacher than you have for the rapper or the lawyer or the comedian or somebody else who also um, operates in a very visible way because sometimes like especially if you're already visible you just want to have some aspect of your life be private right and it's not about the person as much as it's about you know just protecting yourself the other thing is um people are now this i'm going back to the idea that it protects it might protect the person that you're dating when you don't overexpose people are mean right people are just mean 
Um, and it is sometimes that protection is, I don't want to expose you to these people so that they can run you away before I've determined whether I want to be serious with you. So take that into consideration. I would pace myself on when to have that conversation. I would not end the relationship because the person is private. Um, I would, I would ask questions. I would learn more about, um, why privacy is important to him. Um, I would, um, I would be wise and I, I would not, um, especially if you are very interested in him, because the reality is that if you're dating to marry and you marry a preacher, like you're going to understand that need for privacy even greater when people already feel like they have ownership of him, um, as, as a minister. So, um, Take that into consideration um, because I think it's really important. And I'm kind of speaking up from firsthand experience because, like, I really, like, I want uh, people at my church, people that I minister to, um, to know that I'm actively dating because I want to be married. Um, I want to be in a committed relationship. Um, but I also don't want people to feel like, it's, we're making a group decision because we're not like it's a decision for me and it has nothing to do with who people think I should be with or what she should look like or you know all that I'm not like you have no role or involvement and so that's why like as much as I respect your opinion your opinion is separate from my decision making and I think that that might be what um, this particular minister is trying to communicate in your relationship so you all, I want to thank you for the time that you have spent listening to my podcast. I want to encourage you, if you have questions that you want to have answered on the podcast, do not hesitate to uh, hit me up. Um, I want to give a shout out to my little brother, Dario Bomonte, uh, who submitted a question. He wants to know why I don't sing a song um, before I preach. And the reason why I don't sing a song before I preach is because God has called me to preach and not to sing. And I have to be really led by the Lord to go into any type of performative <laughs> stuff. But anyway, you know, um, thank you all for being um, committed listeners. Please, please, if you think this is um, interesting or something that would benefit others, please do not hesitate to share it. Um, share the podcast. You can always go to www.seasonwithsaltpodcast.com. Um, I am also, uh, this podcast is also available on a variety of different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, uh, and, and pretty much just about any of the popular platforms for which you might listen to podcasts. So thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to engaging your questions in the near future and have a blessed day. And remember to let your words be seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt.